from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jeffrey from Duality. Jeffrey, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you so much, Brad. Excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited too. Just as we're getting into it, maybe you can tell me a bit about yourself who you are, your role, your company, all that. Yeah, thanks, Brad. My name is Jeffrey Dobin. I'm head of sales at Duality. I am actually a lawyer by trade, but somehow found my way into the cybersecurity, data, privacy, protection, sales space. I work for an awesome company based out of the U.S., although we also have an office in Tel Aviv, Israel. And we're really focused on the intersection of three things. One is around security or data protection. The second is around analytics. And the third is how do you enable collaboration on this privacy sensitive data to run analytics and draw insights in a collaborative way without exposing the underlying sensitive data. So it's a really important topic and challenge that we're working to continuously solve. We're working with the banks, big banks all over the globe, healthcare organizations, and even some government. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. That's awesome. So today I want to talk about actionable strategies that work from a sales perspective. So things that are working and even things that aren't and how you're overall looking at things. So what are some of those core principles that you think are really important when it comes to succeeding with sales? Yeah, Brad, I think a return to fundamentals is really important, especially in times. Right now we see changes in the market, many layoffs, different Companies we're probably all selling to are reducing budget or kicking things out, maybe from Q4 down to Q1, Q2 the following year, or even delaying things further or losing all sorts of budget. So I really encourage, I take this advice to myself, but also encourage our team to really have a return to the basics. And the three actionable takeaways that I'd love to share today are, number one, stop asking for meetings. And I know that sounds a bit counterintuitive, but I'll explain more later. Number two is end initial sales calls with a cliffhanger. Make people yearn and desire for more. And number three is really to focus on objectives, advancements, and outcomes within your meetings. I love that. So I'd love to get into it. Let's dive right into those main things and I'd love to hear more. Yeah, sure. So maybe we start with number one, right? Stop asking for meetings. That sounds bizarre, right? Because you have any inside sales rep or any account executive who wants to build pipeline, what do they need to do? They need to schedule meetings. But in order to schedule meetings, you need to engage with your audience and begin with actual conversations and engagement, right? Much in the same way where if I'm married now, but let's go 15 years into the past, if and when I met my future wife, It would be bizarre if in the first 30 seconds, I just said to her, hey, do you want to go on a date next week? Can we schedule 30 minutes? You would never do that in real life. And for some reason, we think it's okay to do that with people in business. So what I encourage is to do something that Josh Braun always talks about. He's a great person to follow, by the way, on LinkedIn in the sales community. But it's to make deposits early and often, right? Warm up your audience, deliver value. Engage with them about things that are important to them, right? Establish communication, trust, and credibility. And if you do that, they'll be much more likely to take a meeting with you later. I love that. Yeah, making deposits, putting them in the bank before asking. I think so many people 
especially on LinkedIn, they'll reach out to me. Hey, can we meet about this or that? And here's my like calendar link and all that stuff. And I usually don't click on their link and book a meeting because it's all, who's this person just asking for something? So I love that. Exactly. And like, we don't sell our technology to, to sales professionals or podcast hosts. But if I was reaching out to you, I would listen to some of your episodes and maybe just share some feedback on some things. Hey, I noticed this, this and that. These things are going really well. Some other podcasts do this. Have you considered this methodology? Why or why not? Start a conversation. Don't come across as salesy, right? Josh says this too. Like People can smell your commission breath or your sales breath. Just be normal. Same way like before. If I wanted to go talk to my future wife, it's I don't want to be, I don't want to come across as super needy and begging for that date. I just need to connect with her and find some things that we have in common and ask her questions about herself. And I think this is similar, right? People want in this world we live in today with Instagram, Facebook, you even think back to Dumb and Dumber, the movie and six minute abs and then poking fun at that. People want instant results, right? But progress and success takes a lot of effort, consistency over time to get those things. And we need to be methodical with our prospecting and outreach. And I think that's something that people often forget. So when you send out an email or you're making a call, how can you get someone to engage with you? It doesn't matter if they say yes or no, just how do you get them to answer to you so you can start a conversation? Because Brad, how am I going to sell you something about podcasting if I don't have a conversation with you? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So you start a lot of these conversations, you build a dialogue. And then how does that work at scale? Do you have a list of people that you have conversations going with and then you maybe qualify them a bit? And maybe when they're qualified, then you book the meeting or how does that end up playing out? Yeah, I think the way you track it is less important. If you're like a single salesperson or co-founder, you might be tracking things in your CRM, which could be like Monday or an Excel sheet. And if you work for a more mature sales organization, you might be using HubSpot or Salesforce and you could track leads and contacts and opportunities. But for me, it just comes about, I just think about how do you deliver value and make those deposits? And when I think of like a simple example here, most salespeople are familiar with, it's a tool that people use if you're unfamiliar to record phone calls, give actionable insights. It's driven by AI and it gives you some coaching in terms of how to better serve your audience and handle your meetings. And one of the things I noticed about Gong is they do a really solid job of making these deposits and delivering value. I don't really hear often from the account executives, although I have, I don't want to throw anyone on the bus, but what I receive regularly are actual things of value. It's, hey, Jeff, thought this might be helpful. It's our list of our top 10 subject headers that get opens, right? That's not selling the product. That's just giving me subject headers that we can use for our team. Or here are eight email templates that have worked wonders for our clients. Or here's a pitch deck template that you can use and iterate off of. And they're just making deposits and giving value to what they think salespeople will need and want. And then Gong, of course, is top of mind. And when someone does ask for that meeting, I'm much more likely to take it because they've already given me valuable information. They're probably going to give me more if I take the meeting. Absolutely. I love that. Such a great concept. But yeah, I agree. Not everybody's doing it. They just want instant results and ask for the meeting right away. And truly a bummer that they're not utilizing an approach like this. All right. So what's the next principle? You're saying there's a few laid out. What's the next one? Yeah. So initially I said, don't ask for meetings, deliver value, make deposits. Over time, you'll establish rapport and you'll eventually get that meeting, especially with people who are more likely to be qualified because they have a problem that you can likely solve. And my takeaway number two 
is to end initial calls with a cliffhanger. And I'll insert the caveat that this applies more often to enterprise sales than some high velocity sales. But assuming that you have a three plus month or six to 12 month sales cycle, this work works wonders to get to the second or third meeting. And what I think about here to give you an idea is when you're watching a new television show on Netflix, or even the way that they end a season of some television show, there's always a cliffhanger. You're super excited to get back and watch the next episode. That's why people binge watch shows now, right? The one episode ends and you want to see what happens in the next episode. And if you think about a sales cycle like this, your customer or your prospect and hopefully future customer has a challenge and they're writing their story and they've got different problems that they're going to encounter along the way. And you're helping them develop this story and find a solution. And if you're on the right path, they'll be begging and yearning for more on the next call. So one of the things we encourage to do is end those initial calls with a cliffhanger. And I can give you a specific example that would be helpful. I love that. I'd love a specific example too. Yeah. So you can think about you have an initial call where you're conducting discovery and you're trying to qualify an opportunity. And somewhere during this time or during this initial call, someone might ask you something towards the end, right? You've done all your discovery or a lot of it. And they say, I really want to learn what the architecture looks like or how would I use this tech? And it's obvious to me they probably want to see a demo, right? But I've only got limited time left on this initial call. I want to push this off to next call to make sure we can get them on the line and probably get some other stakeholders. So I'll usually use a little tidbit that I learned actually from Chris Voss. He has one of my, he wrote one of my favorite books, Never Split the Difference. I think he was a ex FBI negotiator. If you haven't read, have you read the book, Brad? I have. Yeah, it's a great book. Such an awesome, awesome book with great examples of him negotiating, like high stakes negotiations with terrorists. But he shares some really good insights on how to work sales cycles using the same methods. If someone says to me, "Hey, I want to see what architecture looks like, or how would I use this tech?" I, I first initially usually mirror them and say architecture? And then they'll go, yeah, this is what our environment looks like today. So if we have to, if we implemented any tools, we'd probably put in something like this and I want to see how it's going to fit in. And then based on that, I would label that and say, oh, it, it sounds like you want to see how this would work in your own environment. And then they go on They're like, yeah, this is what we do. Usually it's pretty complex. And now you're doing additional discovery. You're getting them to talk more and you just keep repeating this mirroring and labeling. And you get out and you say, okay, it sounds like you want to see a demo. And they're like, yeah, that would be awesome. Can you show us how this works? And that's where I'll usually pivot and say something like, like we only have about five, 10 minutes left in this call and I'd hate to rush you through it. Would love to prepare a custom demo to show you the specific features that are most important to you to help you accomplish X, Y, and Z, like you just talked about. Why don't we set up a call next Wednesday at 10 a.m. and I'll show you what this looks like. And then usually it's an immediate yes, not a, hey, send me some materials and we need to talk about this later. They want to see that demo and we get it scheduled right then, which leads to that follow-up call. I love that. That's genius. Not my idea. You know, we're just learning from others. And like I said before, it's just like, it's back to basics. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And I love that book too. It's a great book. It's been a few years since I read it, but it's, I remember it was packed full of information. What's your next principle here? Yeah. So takeaway number three for the audience is really, I can't claim this as my own either, right? I just, I listen to others and try to incorporate what I hear. It's actually from Michael Hughes. 
our chief business officer, and he's always encouraging our team to focus on objectives, advancements, and outcomes. And what I mean here is that as the sales cycle progresses and you get past those initial meetings, your strategy often shifts from qualifying opportunities to accomplishing something new on each call to get you closer to securing the deal. And sometimes you have a deal just sitting in the same stage, like in your HubSpot, CRM, or Salesforce, and it's been there for 30, 60, 90 days, it's not moving. You're having meetings, you're engaged with your prospect, but it's not going anywhere. So for us, this means chipping away at MedPick, which is a variation of Medic, a sales methodology. But to me, it's less important about the sales methodology than it is about the actual objectives and outcomes for your meeting. As Michael always encourages us, go into each meeting with a specific goal in mind, communicate that goal to the prospect along with your agenda, and ensure that you're both delivering on what you say you both will during that meeting, right? So there's a little bit of a give and get, and that helps you advance opportunities forward because you're not just sharing and giving them what they need. You're also getting those specific points that you need to advance the sale and get closer to closing the deal. Absolutely. I love that. And how do you use discernment of like when the proper timing is to do something? Because like you said, it could be 30, 60, 90 days. How do you use the right amount of discernment there? And this is where I think it requires some creativity and analyzing your own opportunities to figure out what's best. And these are these are three takeaways or actionable insights that anyone can apply, but you've got to think about your own scenario and how it would work best, right? It's not just like a blanket statement and you just do it it's cut and dry, you need to apply it to your own scenario. So for us, we have traditionally fairly long sales cycles and we think about medic or med pick. And that means there's identifying the metrics and the economic buyer, decision process, decision criteria, procurement, finding the pain, understanding the challenge, the competitors, et cetera. I don't know if I listed them all, but sharing some of them. And for us, it's really considering after each call, when we're heading into the next one or preparing, what information am I missing? What information do I need to get this deal closed? And also, what questions is my boss or the CEO going to ask? Or what questions do our buyer need to answer, if not for themselves, but for their boss or their sourcing department or their CEO, right? So anticipate these things and then come into the next meeting with a purpose. So for example, let's say we're going into our fourth call and they want to, we're working down towards a proof of concept, right? They've already seen a demo. They've already have a fair understanding of our technology and they understand that we can probably solve a challenge. And they want to go into some really like solid specifics about their architecture, how our technology would integrate into some legacy systems. They want to understand parts of the cryptography behind our technology to understand the movement of encryption keys. So we set that up as part of the agenda, but we also make it clear that there are some things we want to gain from the call too. And we share with the audience early on, like, hey, it's important that we need to understand leaving this call, what your decision process is like. We've never worked together before. So why don't you walk me through what that's, what things you take into account, who else needs to get involved. That way we can help you get where you want to go. You mentioned you want to kick off this POC by the end of February. In order to do that, what's the process look like internally for you? I can share what our process looks like too. And we work together and it's a give and get. And the way that I usually introduce this, Brad, is right in the beginning of the call, right? You walk through the agenda with your prospect. Today, we're going to cover these three things, A, B, and C, just like you had already previously agreed on the last call. You do a quick check-in if you haven't done it over email. 
Does that sound about right? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Usually it's, no, Jeff, that, that sounds solid. And I'll say something like, that's excellent. But after we run through the first three items, since we've never worked together before, it would be great to learn from you about your typical decision-making process, right? So that way we can make it easy for you to determine if we'd be a good fit for each other or not. And then finally, the last agenda item I'd like to add, which is probably already obvious for us anyway, but when we have about 10 minutes left, we'll decide if it makes sense to continue engaging with each other or not, right? Either we, have, we set another meeting or we go our separate ways, no hard feelings. Sound fair? They'll always say yes. And then when you address their first three items, you give again. It gives you the opportunity to ask the questions you want and address the things like we laid out about decision process so we can hit our med pick items. And then finally, there's those few minutes left on the call where they already agreed to decide if they were going to have another meeting or not. So if someone says, Jeff, I need to circle up internally with the crew and see if it makes sense, you can push back there and say, Brad, we actually agreed that with the last 10 minutes, we decide if it makes sense to schedule another call or not. Who else did you want to discuss this with? Gives you the opportunity to ask that, and it's not out of bounds. They tell you who that is, and you go, tell you what, if you don't want to have another call, that's totally fine. And they'll go, no, 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 we need to talk to these people. And then I'll say, why don't you bring those people into the next call? We can help you tell your story and share, and usually that'll work out. So just about taking these little tips and tricks we've learned from others and incorporating it in, and making sure that when you start your meeting, you set an objective and a goal and you communicate it clearly to your audience. And then you make sure you make that advancement. So that way you get the desired outcome you want and you drive that sales cycle forward. I love it. That's amazing. Any last words of advice or closing remarks as we finish up here? It's always challenging heading into the next year, especially if pipeline isn't totally certain for you, right? If you have amazing pipeline, you just keep doing what you're doing. But with these uncertain times, Things are changing. We need to be able to iterate and stay nimble and malleable. So I would encourage people to incorporate these three, these three actionable takeaways, but really contemplate how they fit into your own sales cycle, your own environment, your own scenario, and iterate off of them your, yourself. And I'd love to hear from you. If you want to send me a message on LinkedIn, I'd love to hear how you're using these tidbits and helping your company go forward. And of course, if you have any questions or if there's anything I can do to help you, Brad, or your audience, more than happy to. That's awesome. It's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all these pieces of wisdom and advice. And it's very helpful for myself and I'm sure everyone else out there. So much appreciated. Thanks, Brad. And keep up the good work yourself. Love listening to your podcast and learning from others. Thank you.